Ooh-wee, do I have something fun for you today. I managed to get a person that I have admired and uh, talked with back and forth for the last few years to come on the podcast, and I'm really excited. And the reason why I'm excited is because this is a person who has uh, experienced some success as well as some trials and uh, has had a life-changing experience in their career and lived to tell about it with a still a smile and and everything and so I am going to invite you to hang on and join me on the flip um, where I have a special guest and today I'm going to be talking with Dr. L. Ron Kong and he is a best-selling author of a book series uh the land is actually the book series i'm gonna post the links in the show description and so i want you to pick them up because they're really great they're very fun and entertaining and um he's gonna let me really get in and talk with him about some things that happen uh once the success and the fame uh, show up and he's got some interesting takes on it considering he is uh, a man of color in the United States and uh, who happens to be a uh, licensed used to work in a hospital uh, physician doctor who has now uh, changed over to become a uh, best-selling author full-time so let me stop babbling and you guys I'm just gonna fess up I was fangirling. I'm not going to even lie. I was fangirling because this was a get, uh, a really good uh, podcast get. So without further ado, let me shut up and just tell you, yes, it is still me, your practical priestess of wisdom with another podcast. This is a special edition podcast of Wisdom Smack, where I'm going to be talking to the incomparable Dr. Aleron Kong. I'll see you on the flip. All right. Well, hello, everybody. As you can see, I have a special guest today. I'm so excited. He said yes. <laughs> okay, so let me just tell you guys a little bit. I have uh, been blessed to have a, uh, a writing career that has done me okay. And uh, I was talking to you guys recently about you know, wanting to make some changes and stuff. And I reached out to a person that, you know, like Wendy Williams says, he's a friend in my head, but I didn't know if he was going to be as uh, cool as he was in my head. But lo and behold, he was not cool. He was the greatest. And um, so today I want to bring to you who I am going to claim right now for everyone to see one of my friends. <laughs> Dr. Aleron Kong, uh, who is a best-selling um, lit RPG author and uh, who is a, uh, a beacon of light for a lot of us authors and solopreneurs out there. And so we're going to be talking to him. He said, there's nothing off the table. Uh, so I, I, don't, I don't know what we're going to say. I don't know what we're going to do, but he has uh, been... Um, so open to come and talk to us today. So with that being said, welcome, 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 Ron. How are you doing? I'm good. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me on here. It's fun. Oh, great, great, great. So now, like I said before, um, you said that we could ask anything, and this podcast True. is about wisdom, wisdom smacks, and all this kind of stuff. And yeah. um, I kind of, I'm trying to figure out, do I ease you into this, or do I just go for the juggler? Might as well just jump into it. Well, go ahead. All right, so 
Um, you guys, I'm, I'm, I'm trying hard not to be nervous because I have, I have Aleron Kong on my podcast. Let me stop, <laughs> let me stop geeking out. All right. This is what I really want to know. What I really, yeah. really want to know. Okay. So there have been people who in the industry mm-hmm. have uh, come up with um, some opposition. Yeah. <laughs> to you and uh, to your work and to what you're trying to do. And I just want to, I just want to kind of like, no, uh, we don't have to necessarily go through the specifics, but I kind of want to know what have been the main uh, wisdoms or, or learning things that you have gotten out of going through those situations. And if you want to talk about what happened, we can, but I just want to, I want to, I've been really wanting to know that. How do you keep going? Keep smiling, keep doing, keep being open. Yeah. Um, so basically when I started writing, like the fans have been better than I think any artist has a right to ask. My fans are absolutely amazing. Like it's not for everybody, but it's for, almost everybody that sort of gets in. So I have zero complaints that way. Mm-hmm. As far as negativity though, there have been some other like people that are in, in the industry, authors and or their, you know, diehard fans that have, you know, trolled me on the internet from various ways for various reasons. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess the way I feel about it is that, you know, if nobody's throwing shade at you, you're just not shining bright enough. I mean, it's, it's going to be an inevitability. Um, and people are going to sort of say it's for this or say it's for that. But um, for me personally, like I definitely have had it because people have been jealous. I've had it because people have, you know, have racial issues with me. Um, there aren't very many sci-fi fantasy authors that will put their, you know, personal color face up it with it and especially have a, you know, character that has that as well. Right. Um, and then there's some, some other things that like have been learning experiences for me. Like the biggest issue, the biggest mistake that I think I've made um, in the early writing career was the moniker that you, people usually call me and they call me like the father of American lit RPG and the way that started was when I had like 50 fans and there were like six lit RPG stories out there uh, somebody like one of my fans was like oh my god you're like the father of this new genre and I'm like that sounds awesome and I just kind of like thought it really 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 sounded cool never really imagining that there would be other people that would take exception to it for X, Y, or Z reason. Um, And honestly, when you get down to it, while there's like some validity to it, it, it's almost like Hillary's emails. Like nobody really, really cared, but it was a very easy like shot, you know, to throw across the bow for somebody that you already didn't like for an ulterior motive, but you could sort of like, so if you didn't have the courage to just look someone in the face and say, I don't like you for X, Y, and Z reason, Mm -hmm. then this is a very easy way to be like, oh, well, I don't like him or her because of this. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, what I found is that while, uh, it seems like when you're in the indie sphere, when you're in the artistic sphere, when you are trying to, you know, make things happen and there's other people that are in it, right. Mm -hmm. That those dozens of people or those hundreds of people, or even those thousands of people seem super valid and, and their, their opinion seems super valid. But at the end of the day, um, people liking me like you know other authors or other artists liking me isn't putting food or taking it off of my plate it's not making me a better or worse person it's not making it more or less likely for me to get into heaven um so i'm like so why do i care at Mm -hmm. all and for a while when i was uh first coming up i was trying to like make peace with you know 
this person, that person, like thinking, oh, you know, this is kumbaya. But then again, you just kind of get to the point that some people are just going to be nasty or some people are just going to be fake or some people are just going to be whatever because that's their that's their nature and if you wouldn't really care when you were walking down the street if somebody randomly started shouting at you, you're like oh that's just a crazy person you went on there today why do you care about someone that you haven't even physically been next to that's shouting at you over the internet and it's because somehow we've been trained to think that keyboard warriors are people that, you know, make multiple accounts. So it seems like there's a lot of people saying something when it's just one person um, are valid, right? So, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not immune to this. I, I love uh, Badu's, you know, quote, like, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit. So be like, be very careful. Um, but like, that was like part of the journey for me. I've never really, really cared too much what other people were saying as long as I knew I was doing something right. But that was before I started creating. And when I started mm -hmm. creating, it got very personal for me. It almost felt like my children. And it felt like a betrayal and it felt like something that I had to like back up. But then I've been able to move past that hump now to sort of just like see the truth. And it's like, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, and if you're doing it in a way that's keeping the lights on and keeping food on your plate, why are you caring what some randos are saying when their motivation is not justice or love or god or purity it's just jealousy or hatred or whatever random thing they're just sort of nasty and they get off on being nasty to other people right yeah. i mean we all have met people like that so as opposed to internalizing and and worrying about that you know just go with the very first thing i said like you know if somebody's throwing shade at you it's because you're casting a light that's bright enough to make that shade so move on Okay, so you said some interesting things there. And uh, <laughs> all right, so I guess what I'm, I'm wanting to know now is, yeah. based on what you said, has there been a, a process that you had to learn or was this like, I'm trying to figure out if this is nature nurture kind of thing, because your resiliency and being able to bounce back from that stuff, because in my sleuthing, I was like, this is, pretty yeah. big yeah. this is a lot <laughs> and uh wow um so were you always like that were you raised like that or i mean i was raised to be resilient i mean i think we all understand the concept of twice as hard for half as much that's nothing new mm -hmm. um and it's one of the most popular wisdom it's something that is ingrained in the very sort of fabric of our culture right mm -hmm. so it's not too different from that it's just that you know, normally you grow up and maybe you have to deal with kids being annoying and then you get a little bit bigger and then you start being an adult and those kids aren't really, you know, they're not really as relevant anymore. The internet has almost made all of these adults, allowed them to continue being kids with the name calling and the hair pulling and whatever um, in a way that it almost takes people as a surprise. You know, it's, it's almost like when you're in an argument with someone, you know, you're right, but they're yelling so loud, even though they're crazy. You're like, am I crazy? Like, cause no sane person would do this. Yeah. Um, and you know, then you take a step back and you just sort of like look at it objectively. You're saying, you know, uh, are you doing wrong? I mean, be honest with yourself about that. And if you are, then maybe you should correct some stuff. But if you're not, then say, you know, again, why would I listen to some random person that's never even had an honest conversation? Why would I let myself be dissuaded or dragged down into the mud um, 
by people that I, that I personally wouldn't respect, that I wouldn't let sit in my table, let alone, you know, come in my house. Um, I'll honestly, when I was coming up and I started doing better, which was exactly when I started getting a lot more hatred, if you can see an easy correlation there. I did, right? I did. Um, that was the same time that Michelle Obama gave that wonderful speech that, you know, when they go low, we go high. Yeah. And there was, I think like a, a year where like, I would get like an email or a message every day from my fans like, oh my God, this author's doing such and such. Oh my God, this author's doing such and such. Oh my God, this author's saying such and such about you. And they're like, well, what do you want us to do? Do you want us to like, you know, shout back and da, da, da. And I would always say, you know what? Let them be as horrible as they want to be. And we're going to keep making something amazing. Um, and because of that, because I didn't get down with these lesser people, right? Mm -hmm. Then mm -hmm. my community has become something greater, right? Like there's people, like there's several hundred of my fans are, organizing a get-together next month called Mist Fest because my books are called The Mist Village and they're doing it just to get together and there's another one planned in Seattle and there's another one that's being planned right now for like th two or three months after that right and it's because I tried to make a community where not only did people like enjoy the books but they also got the break that we're all looking for like everybody's tired of going on a Facebook feed and being depressed about one more thing. Everybody's tired of getting angry about one more thing that somebody said online and then nothing yeah. happens. Everybody's tired of somebody shoving their political, religious, socioeconomic, gender, whatever, you know, like agenda down somebody's throat, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I just made it as simple as like, hey, if you're gonna be around here, let all that go and come and come relax and have fun. And it started being a normal part of people's day that they just wanted an escape and they just wanted to be around other people. Now, with that being said, I've had to prune the hell out of this rose bush that I've grown. I mean, almost every day I'm getting rid of one more person who like some, you know, idiot put up like a joke about sexual assault the other day. And it was immediate ban. There's no conversation. There's no whatever. They need to go. Somebody else comes and starts drama about, me or another author or about such and such they gotta go somebody else puts up a political post they gotta go i mean it's very very simple that while we live in such a device of time and age and, and everything there's also a bunch of people that are like yo can we just chill out and have a drink and and be easy and what i found is even though every one person you ban, which is also where the hate comes from, um, every one person that you ban can sound like a thousand people. They're not. And again, mm. those thousand voices that may be out there, that may be on the internet, whatever, right? Mm. Um, you know, they are not real. And I've also, I mean, like you kind of lean into it. So as opposed to worrying about people trolling you or the fact that there's Reddit groups that are just sort of devoted to hating me, I've had fans that reached out like, man, if there wasn't this hate group about you, I never would have found out about your books. And I love them. Yes, so yes. It's almost like an open <laughs> joke that like I've referenced a couple of times in interviews where people are like, oh, doesn't it drive you crazy? And I'm like, you know, they're advertising for me. You know, I mean, like, I hope they never get smarter because this is more money that they're putting in my pocket, you know? And I donate to the very causes that they hate. So that's great. Um, what so, is that? Napoleon, yeah. Napoleon Bonaparte uh, has a quote. And it just struck me when you were saying this. Oh, it, this is what it is. It says, and I'm going to paraphrase it. It says, never interrupt your enemies when mm -hmm. they're making a mistake. 
Yeah. And I love that. I love yeah. that. Okay. So, I mean, okay. So for someone so young as you, it seems like you have a lot of wisdom that, you know, I think this is way past the school of hard knocks and all this kind of stuff. And I have talked about on this podcast, um, I've talked about how to be reject, uh, rejection proof. Um, mm -hmm. And for me, I think the most I've had to deal with were the small pockets of people. And I'm kind of like one of those in your face, what you say about me, <laughs> but mm -hmm. you, can't, you can't always do that. And you can't do that on the internet. And so, um, I uh, try to talk about that because that's just, you know, part of the course for what us creatives do. And mm -hmm. it's funny because the podcast that people, while we're recording this, I, there's a podcast of me for today. And it's talking about um, the humility highway, talking about the process from going from an apprentice to a master. And mm -hmm. I wanted to see your take on this because like I said before, looking at you from outside and y'all don't worry. I'm going to be his friend and I'm going to find out really how the sausage is made to keep him sane. <laughs> but uh, what, I'm, what I'm getting at is everybody wants to be the chief, but nobody yeah. wants to take care of the village. Mm -hmm. And even the fact that in your books, you're, you're, you're starting out with this small little village hamlet that's, you know, growing in the fiction world. And I see it replicating in the real world. I was like, oh my gosh, he has a lot of people. They don't realize it, but they're depending on him uh, for tethers to sanity, uh, for, for tethers to being able to um, explore and live their best life. I mean, you guys, there are people tattooing their bodies yeah. with his stuff. They That's are, in real life. Yeah. In real life, there are babies that are being dressed like his uh, characters and stuff. And you know what? Let me just pause real quick because I always love to, I, I don't know if you're familiar with my, my podcast, but I, when I have books, I, I like to uh, give reference. And so actually I have referred your series before, but I want to refer it now because you guys, it is so, it's beyond inspiring. What it is, is it's kind of like the best of a great weekend with friends and that's how I kind of like uh, look at them. And yes, you all, I have read the books. So it's not like I'm just shouting platitudes here. I've read all of them so far. Um, but let me let you announce formally your books, your book series, okay. and all yeah. the accolades, because I don't want to be like sitting up here <laughs> fangirling, okay? <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Uh, well, so yeah, I'm Alaron Kong. I write the Land series. It's a series of books that combines video games and sci-fi fantasy. Um, I have 100,000 five-star reviews so far. I am Audible's customer favorite of the year. And um, last year, my, my first book reached number one out of every single title on Audible store. And like I said, I have amazing fans that wrap around the world. Uh, 22 people have gotten tattoos. Five people have named their babies after characters in my books. Um, and what it really comes down to is as simple as uh, take care of the people that take care of you. I mean, it sounds like it's super simple, but people appreciate it. The same things that you would appreciate are what people would appreciate from you, right? So if somebody like, you know, sends you a message, try to respond. Um, if somebody does whatever, you know, try to like, you know, honor that and, and, you know, say hello. And, and that's really what it comes down to. I mean, that's, that's, that's what my success has been about. I mean, there's a couple, there's nuts and bolts that go into it, but really I just try to 
show people that I appreciate them, let them know that explicitly, and don't be shy about asking for help or asking them to help spread the word or ask them to like leave a review and make it as simple as that. All right. I love it. Okay, so now this part, this is me just being pushy and nosy and everything. Um, in your previous life, you were a medical physician. That's right. Yeah. And you were writing these books while you were a practicing physician? Yeah, I wrote all seven while I was a practicing physician. Yeah. How? Um, I found that there are so many wasted minutes every single day that you spend worrying about things or stressing about things or just messing around on your phone or just waiting in the line. And if you add those minutes up, you know, it, it kind of comes out to literal extra hours every day that you can spend actually being efficient, actually doing something. I mean, that's a skill that I learned when I was pursuing medicine, right? So, mm -hmm. I mean, I, there was never, if I had a test to study for, there was never a time when I didn't have note cards on me. So if I was stopped at a light, if I was stuck on the toilet, if I was waiting in a line, I had note cards out and those extra minutes added up. And so that kind of, um, I mean, I don't know if you would call it discipline or skill, but you know, that kind of mentality let me sort of create these books um, in a way that was, you know, kind of more efficient than I think otherwise, you know, could have happened. Um, and also, I think it was, you know, very notable to say that like, you know, when I was writing these books, it didn't feel like work, right? It felt like my enjoyment, okay? Wow. Um, okay. I was listening to um, another author, I can't remember his name right now, he's a very, very prolific black author, I wish I could remember his name, but he was, he just did an interview and he was like, and someone was like, well, what is writing to you? He was like, well, it's like sex. And he said, well, what does that mean? He's like, uh, that's exactly what it means. You know, people say like, I'm so impressive for having written more than a hundred books that I get up and do it for two or three hours a day. And they're like, how do you have that discipline? He's like, well, if I told you that I woke up every day and had sex for two or three hours a day, would you call it discipline? He's like, they're like, no. He's like, well, that's how I feel about it. This is something that I love that I do. And so it's not a chore. It's a relief. That's a great way of looking at it. Um, okay, so, and it's putting me in mind of Takashi Coates uh, when you were saying that. I don't know if that's who it was or not, but um, no. that's awesome. <laughs> he said no. <laughs> All right, so um, <laughs> I don't know why I keep coming back around to this, but when you said a Black author, I thought about him, and then immediately a James Baldwin quote came to me. Uh, of, of course, I'm going to paraphrase him lest I do him dirty with my bastardization of his quote. But when he talked about, he said, you know what, people are, are a uh, miracle. Mm -hmm. he says, but it's, he said, it's just a shame that they're also a disaster. And so he said what he tries to do is, or what, what, at the time, he said, so what he tried to do was to make sure that he focused on the wondrous miracle that they were. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not going to try to put anything on you, but I am going to say that for me experiencing your literary work and now experiencing you in um, the flesh, I see a commonality through that. And I can only think that it is uh, just a running thread through how wisdom works with you. And uh, it seems like it's really disarming. Um, whether it be through laughter, through um, emotions that, that every man or every woman or every person, I should say, um, 
can get with, you seem to have this, this, this inner like wink knowing of, I know what I'm doing. Watch the birdie. I'm going to get you deep. I don't yeah. want to just say, how do you do that? But I do want to say, how do you get people to have these um, epiphanies? Because going through your your work and even talking with you and you guys let me just tell you he's so kind um he helped me with some stuff and light bulbs just started going off and i was able to get out of a corner that i had put myself in and i was like he does that in his books too and i kind of want to just i know you probably can't just tell me in a few words or a few moments but can you try to tap into explaining this gift that you have of being able to have people have these little mini uh epiphanies or wisdom explosions and they're I mean, so subtle they're so subtle like when they're reading my my books or yes reading your books or when when even when people interact with you and i don't oh. know if 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 you're understanding quite what i'm asking but i'm really i'm i'm really curious about it i am well i know in my in my personal life when i'm trying to relate to somebody um i think one of the biggest mistakes that people um commit when they do that is they they always try to explain something in a way that the explainer would understand and obviously that's not as efficient as trying to explain something in a way that the person that is listening would understand i mean no matter what you how you view communication you know um the very the purpose of it is, is connection right so uh -huh. when you're trying to say something if you're trying to convey something right then i always say like well what are you into and if it's nascar i'll try to you know talk about cars if it's hgtv i'll try to talk about furniture if it's you know whatever else i'll try to talk about that and and i try i mean i just try to say it in a way that um maybe the other person will be able to receive and understand in, in, in the right way. And the more that I am able to put into my life, the better I am able to relate. I mean, that's why diversity is important because, you know, the connection that you may have with somebody, right, would be different from the connection that I would have and you may get the job done and, and I might not. But the more that we um, sort of open up and learn about the world, right, the more likely each of us will be able to sort of get it done. Um, and I mean, that's, that's, that's really like my whole modus operandi, whether I'm, you know, relating something, giving a speech, like teaching somebody, like whatever, I'm just trying to share in a way that's going to be efficient and works for them rather than something that is efficient and works for me. Okay. So like from my therapy background, what I am taking a gleaning from that is that it's active listening, but it also has, uh, is based on a well-rounded database of wisdom and knowledge that you can pull from so that you can yeah. relate. Okay. And also, you know, one of my favorite commercials of all time is this guy, go, this kid walks up to this guy who's in a Barney costume, um, but he's got his head off and he just looks like this sort of like grizzled, shaggy, like, you know, uh, you know, beaten down stoner dude. And the kid goes, hey, are you Barney? And the guy looks back at him and he goes, Barney's a mythical dinosaur. I'm just a grown man that's made a lot of mistakes. And, <laughs> you know, honestly, sometimes when I'm talking to people, they're like, how do you know this? How do you do whatever? And I'm like, you know, you want me to be like Mahatma but really I'm just a grown man that's made a lot of mistakes, but the difference is that I've tried to learn from them. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is, it, what is it? Never meet your heroes and your, your guru, gurus are people too? Yeah, I, I mean, it. basically, right? Like, you know, everyone, I mean, there's been people, there's a, there was a very wise man that I used to talk to 
And I said, why is it that when you talk, it resonates with me? And a lot of people talk, it sort of bounces off of me. Why that's is it what I it care? is. That, right? That's what it is. Um, and he had a very simple thing. He was like, oh, he's like, that's because I'm 65. And I'm dealing with 65-year-old bullshit. And you're 35. And you're dealing with 35-year-old bullshit. So it seems really easy because I dealt with that shit 30 years ago, right? <laughs> but if you were 70, this right. wouldn't really seem as cool. But it's really about what you do with those years, right? Yeah. A lot of people's ego, a lot of people's, you know, fragile sense of self doesn't allow for them to say, I was wrong. Doesn't allow for them to say, man, I don't necessarily like this thing but there is something I can learn from it right um and that holds you back that I mean a lot I think a lot of people start you know mature until they reach a certain point and then they're like done and you know they may not admit it to themselves but they're not evolving they're not changing and the very worst thing I can think one not very worst but one of the worst things that I can think about in my life is if this was as good as I would ever be Mm. so wow and so with that, is there a, um, a conscious drive or is it just that you go with the flow? What's kind of like your, your current wisdom for how you're living your life? Well, I mean, I think for like that, as with a lot of things, you know, it's based on a spectrum, right? Um, mm-hmm. Compared to, you know, when I, you know, some people hear about like, you know, what I've done, they're like, oh, you were a doctor and now you've, you know, you've written the, you know, these best-selling books and whatever. They're like, oh my God, how did you do that? You know, that's, that's amazing you know, whatever. And then, you know, you'll talk to my mother and she's like, what, you want a cookie? You're welcome. I did that. You're, you're welcome. What, what are you doing? Go clean something. I mean, so, you know, she sounds like my mama. You know, it's based on like a spectrum, you know, uh, like one of, one of my other favorite memes is like, you know, I could, I could never do well enough on, on a test, right? Like if I got like an eight, you know, an 89, it's like, well, why was it 91? If it was 95, it's like, why was 97? If it's a hundred, like there was no extra credit. You know, there's this, there's this uh, meme of this, like, Asian mom looking at this, like, uh, you know, Asian little girl. And she goes, why'd you get an 88? Are you a Bijan? You an Asian. Do better. And, like, you know, my mom's, like, half black, half Japanese. And it's, it's completely true. Like, the mom from that show, um, Fresh Off the Boat, is exactly what it's like growing up with a, an Asian tiger mom. Um, oh, my God. Okay, so, so you know what? Th- I think yeah. that's what it is. Remember I said I was trying to figure it out? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, she's, she's intense. She's amazing. She has instilled in me lessons and things like that, that um, I didn't understand until, until much later in life. Uh, now, I mean, personally, I feel like it'd be great if she had another tool besides a hammer, but you know, <laughs> that's, that's just me looking back. So, but you know what, you have to thank them. And like my, mm-hmm. my, my mother and my grandmother were very instrumental in my life too. And sometimes my mother would look at us as adults and she would say, you know, maybe I didn't do you a service cause I made you so hard. I don't want you to crack when something too hard comes. Mm-hmm. And I always think about that, uh, when I'm, I'm taking on something or uh, dissecting something or even interacting with new people. And one of the things that I was very intrigued about uh, considering, you know, our conversation today, because you guys, I'm, I'm just going to say this. I, I told him, I was like, you know what? Everybody always asks you about being the doctor and all that. And yes, I know I did. Don't you at me. Um, but I, uh, I wanted to kind of like just talk to you as you because mm-hmm. you have a lot of wisdom that is so smooth. It's kind of like y'all are going to listen to this podcast and then you're going to be driving. And you're going to be like, wait, 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 whoa, whoa. 
that went over my head. And so that's kind of like how I look at it is like these unfolding uh, subtle layers, petals, flowers, whatever you want to call them, of wisdoms that uh, you have been working in. And not to totally expose you or anything, but um, without telling us exactly what it is, is there anything that has been very impactful to make you grow the most? Because I thought it was possibly all of those people, you know, trying to do a uh, internet public shaming. No, no. The, uh, that, yeah, the, the people, the trolls and the haters, they did not drive me to do better. I mean, it was, it's super satisfying when I have a really great, you know, book that comes out and I'm pricing it higher than theirs and I'm crushing them and I'm like, you know, just basically <laughs> slapping it on the table with it. You know, so I mean, that's, that's very, that's Crush very my enemies and hear the lamentations right? of the crying <laughs> of the people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. Um, I mean, like if they ever read my books, they would understand. But um, so no, I mean, no, that didn't really drive me, right? That was just I, I think a, what I'm trying to get to is there is something that people who have suffered greatly can mm -hmm. can sense in other people. Mm -hmm. And uh, I sense that I might be wrong, but I was like, you know what, there's something there because you don't get that kind of learning just by living a normal life. Or, no, or when you, I, I mean, you have to you have to sort of deal with strife. You have to climb your way back up after you been knocked down for whatever reason uh -huh. um now i will say that i i it was it did took a lot of effort like supreme effort on me to climb my way back up a time or two but i certainly would not have done it without the love and support of the good people in my life uh -huh. um so i definitely did not do it alone right my um there are people that were able to support me in a financial way and an emotional way in a psychological way um, not always at the same time, not always at certain points in my life, but people have been there. Um, so it, it's good to remember that. But also, you know, at the end of the day, there's no one that's going to be there to take your shower for you. There's no one that's going to be there to, you know, fight your fight when, you know, your back's against the wall and there's three people looking at you. Um, and you have to be able to do that too. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. For me, when I, I think that the overall overarching lesson I guess if that's, if that's what you're asking, is that when I make a move, right, mm -hmm. I do it with a direct intention of a certain result and or even better, certain results, okay? And I think that our culture is, is very prideful, which has benefits in that we keep our heads up even after being you know, knocked down for centuries, right? But mm -hmm. it can also hold us back if that is what is driving our intention, right? Right. It's like that Dave Chappelle thing, like, yeah, he kept it real, but they kept it realer. Like, so, yeah. I mean, if you're going to, like, if somebody's like, you know, messing with you, right? Yes, you could immediately pop off. And if you're doing it, you're almost falling into a trap because they saw it coming before you did. As opposed to if there's somebody that you have to deal with or if there's something that you have to get done or if there's a hurdle that you have to get over, take a step back. Think about what you really want. Are you just reacting? Because one of the things that like a very wise man said to me once is, you know, I was talking about this thing. I was like, you know, these people, you know, they're trolling me. You know, it's, it's not fair. It's garbage. They're just lying, whatever. And he says, okay. And he's like, and I'm like, you know, and it, it, you know, it bothers me and this, this, and that. He's like, okay. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I mean, and it's just rude. You know, they're grown. They should be doing better. I can't believe I have to deal with this. It's like, okay. 
And I said, yeah. And he's like, yeah. So, and? And I said, yeah, so I don't like it. He's like, okay, so you don't like it. Has anything changed? And if they say some stuff tomorrow, is anything changed? Because if it's not actually changing, then all that's actually happening is they're winning by making you upset. Mm. They're winning by dictating your course of action. That's good stuff. Right? Mm. Now, that doesn't mean that you just ignore when someone's casting shade or when doing whatever. It does mean that if you are going to respond, if you are going to do something to deal with a problem, Uh it's worth taking some time to come up with an actual plan and to actually set things in motion, right? Yeah. Um, And I think that that's something that we we lack too often because it it is immediately like, yo, so you're talking about me, I'm looking you in your face. What are you you saying? (laughs) Da, 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 right? And yes, that, that, that can have a positive effect in some scenarios, right? But we all know that in the mainstream, suddenly you're in front of human resources. Suddenly there's a problem. And this other person could have been casting, you know, passive aggressive shade in your face with witnesses for months. But they're just gonna say, I was just trying to be helpful. I never raised my voice. And you know it's (laughs) BS, but it doesn't matter because that's the way it is, right? So I'm basically saying that positive, you know, dealing, making something positive or dealing with something negative, we need to act with intention. We need to have mm-hmm. a plan for the things that we're doing and stop just reacting. And I think we've been just reacting for centuries. I think that's awesome. So, okay, you guys, you heard it here. Um, Everybody wants to have all these great accolades. You're hearing it from the horse's mouth of somebody who is dealing with it. You'd have, you can't do anything without intention and without a plan. So take that and don't just like, oh, it's easy for him to say, no, this man took time out of his day to come through and to help you and me. And so with that, Dr. Elleron Kong, you are just phenomenal. Thank you so much. And you guys, yes, it is that time. My time is up. I thank you for yours. Thank you for listening to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Uh, And I'm going to see you tomorrow. And don't forget, check the show links. And I'm going to be listing uh, Dr. Elleron Kong's books. You really need them in your life, especially get the books and the audio. It's a, it's a, (laughs) It's an elevated experience. Okay, I'll see y'all tomorrow. Bye. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, 
uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.